entrepreneurs that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They are creating businesses that really add value to others, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, Inspiration for the Entrepreneurial Mind with Chris Cooper. If you're looking for ways to develop your entrepreneurial spirit while you contribute to a better world, you'll want to stay tuned for the next hour. Now, here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and the host of the Achiever program and also the host of the show and uh, delighted to be back with you again for another week. And today we're going to talk about strategy on a page uh, with my guest today, Debbie Llewellyn Davis. Um, but firstly, for those of you listening from the United States, I, I really hope you enjoyed Thanksgiving last week. And for those of you who celebrate Christmas in a big way, can you believe it's the 1st of December tomorrow? So you have to start thinking about those presents and Christmas plans. I also want to say a thank you to my guests uh, from a couple of weeks ago, Sean Smith and Andy Milligan, who shared some great ideas around how very successful companies have been bold in business. If you've not yet listened to the show and you want to sort of stand out from your competition, um, I would suggest that you access the archive. There's some great thoughts in there. Um, last week, due to Thanksgiving, there were no live shows on Voice America, so I repeated the show on private equity funding with Jonathan Farr. Uh, and must listen for anyone interested in how to secure funding for their business. So to today's show, uh, we're going to discuss strategy, obviously. Um, and I wonder, I just want to ask you some questions. Are you clear on your business strategy? I mean, really, really clear? Because... Most businesses, uh, certainly according to my guests, and I know it's true from my experience, don't have a proven method for setting strategy, recording their action, or holding themselves accountable. Are you 100% clear on your targets this month in the five main areas of your business, and who is responsible for those actions, and do you trust yourself to meet those targets? Now, I first heard about my guest, uh, Derry, only a few months ago, and it was really clear that there was a real energy around his work. And since we've had some great conversations and we found we've got a lot in common, including achieving business success and doing that with a balanced family life and a sense of adventure, and also I now share Derry's enthusiasm for what he's created around strategy. Um, Derry kindly gave me a preview of his not-yet-published book about strategy on a page. I not only really enjoyed it during the read, I already have begun using the system to summarize the strategy in two key areas of my business. Um, having been around strategy for many years, I really thought it was brilliant stuff. Uh, the BGI strategy on a page that Derry and his team have created and developed includes purpose right through to accountability accompanied by actions and targets on a single page of A4. And this process came from lots of business experience, his MBA, uh, being a non-executive and executive on 18 different boards, um, advising over 125 companies, including Angel and Venture Capital Networks. His approach has worked with one-person companies right through to 20 million. Um, he is the UK's leading authority on bringing strategy alive, and I'm sure that means also making it interesting, which I know he does. Um, he spends his days in a pinstripe three-piece suit. He's rather smart, um, but his spare time climbing the highest summits in the world. He's CEO of Business Growth International. He helps leaders in both FTSE 500 and entrepreneurial companies take their business to the next level. He's a generous guy. He likes to give back. He's a perfect guest for this show. So a big welcome to Derry Llewellyn Davis. How are you? I'm very well, Chris. Very excited about this show. Apologies for the heavy breathing earlier. It's just the <laughs> excitement coming through already. <laughs> <laughs> it's no problem at all. Sometimes Skype does pick up your, your breathing if your, your mic's <laughs> a bit sort of close to it. So don't worry about that. Hey, I know you, I know you come from Wales. 
And I noticed in your first book, Life's Great Adventure, that you call yourself Derry App, App John Llewellyn Davis. Maybe you can explain to us what the is there a special meaning behind the app. So f- firstly, let's just make this clear to all the international listeners out there. Wales is a country. We do have our own language and we're next to England. Um, and we have our own parliament, although the, the last point's a little bit debatable. Um, <laughs> but uh, App John is the old Celtic language, which means son of. So, um, and my father's name was obviously John. So that's, that's where the, the original, the original Welsh comes from. I try to be as Welsh as I can. I live on the wrong side of the border these days and <laughs> in English territory. So I, I have to be as Welsh as I possibly can by name. To some of us, that's the right side of the border. <laughs> I like to be controversial at all times, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's, Terry, I mean, I wonder if you could maybe articulate for people your perspective. What is strategy? Yes, absolutely. And I think your your intro there was fabulous. It's asking that question. I, I'm very blessed. I get to speak to a lot of business leaders and CEOs. Um, and I and I asked that question up front, which is, do you have a clear strategy right now? And if not, why not? And and it's interesting how you see a shift. So hopefully in the next hour, the, a lot of the listeners out there will get a shift because some of you will actually think you have a strategy and we're going to define what that is and whether or not that's true or not, because there's a lot of myths and legends around strategy. So Having posed that question, what is strategy, uh, I encourage the listeners just to think for a moment what they think strategy is. What, what is the terminology for you? Now, we can't do this in a live environment, but when I do this with CEOs, I typically get a flip chart and get those answers sort of knocked up on the wall. And I get about 15 different answers every time from a room full of business leaders. So, and are they all right or are they all wrong? Because it's such a, a, a very, it's a misunderstood word. It's also a very overused word, strategy. Um, and I think what I want to do here up front is actually define strategy. But um, firstly, the, the way I, what I, what I see from all the CEOs out there, and, and so all the listeners that are listening in right now, strategy it de- is dependent on where you come from. So if you come from a marketing background, you'd be seeing it in a different guise to someone who comes from a finance background. If you come from a corporate background, you'll see strategies different if you come from an SME. So strategy is very different from different elements. Um, I, I describe it like it's like three blind men trying to describe an elephant. One will be at the tail thinking strategy is a, a, a string with a fluffy pom-pom on the end. Uh, one will be at the leg dis- thinking it's like a tree trunk and the other person will be at the trunk saying it's a snake and the truth is strategy is the whole elephant the trouble is we are all looking at it from different angles and from different perspectives so so let's just go straight to the dictionary definition because nobody can argue the toss with the dictionary and uh which is strategy is a plan for obtaining a major result and that's it don't overcomplicate it there's no point in overcomplicating it more than that it's a plan to obtain a major result. Now, let me just put a couple of things out here. I do a whole session around what's bad strategy and what's good strategy. Let's just put a couple of quick bad strategies out there. A goal is not a strategy. So if the the listeners there go, I've got my strategy for next year. My strategy is to become a million-pound company or a million-dollar company or whatever that may be to you, a $10 million company. That isn't a strategy. That's a goal. Now, goals are important, but it's not strategy. Um, also, a big to-do list, that's not a goal. Blue sky thinking is not strategy either. That's blue sky thinking. So it's important to define. It's a plan for obtaining a major result. And the major is the important word, Chris, because if you then go to the dictionary definition of what a tactic is, a tactic is a plan for obtaining a result. 
Now, that's tricky, isn't it? Now, if you immediately got exactly the same definitions for strategy and tactics, it becomes obvious why so many people are thinking they're being strategic and actually they're being tactical. Now, the only difference in word is major. And that's what I really want to focus on uh, today. That's our conversations that we've had already, Chris. It's about the major and it's about the major in all elements of your business. I think that's I think that's really helpful, Um, and we should also therefore say from that, you know, we as I said in my introduction, that this this methodology helps people from being one person in a company through to twenty million. From anybody listening to this who has a major result that they want to achieve, then this this information we're going to share is relevant. You don't have to be one of those CEOs that you tend to share this with. It could be used by anybody, can't it? Absolutely. And that's the trick. The trick with strategy is in the word major. And I've come out of corporate. I've been on both sides of the fence. I'm a corporate entrepreneur. You can, you can cut me down the middle and you'll see half and half. And what's corporate strategy, which is you know, what's major to Google or, or Facebook or IBM or whoever it may be, is fundamentally different to what's major for a one man, one lady band. Um, but it's just different strategies. It doesn't mean one's, you know, one's good and one's bad. It's just different. And, the, and a lot of the strategic frameworks and concepts that have come out of MBA schools, which I've been part of, and the, and the venture capital circuits, etc., um, they've come from corporate. So, which is fine for corporate and works brilliantly for corporate, but it doesn't work for the SME. And so, what I this is why strategy on a page came about, which was we need to simplify it for um, the SME. And so what's major for the SME, whether or not you're a you know, one-person band or a 20 million pound company, 100 million pound company, dollar company, it's, it, it doesn't matter. It's just whatever's major for you. So what you defined there earlier as a, as a goal, which was a million pounds next year, to somebody else, a, a million pounds in five years might be, say, their vision, could it? Because it, it could over a longer horizon, or is that still a goal? Um, if it's, you're quite getting quite specific there when you're getting into, because you're using a number. So it's a million, the million pounds, the million dollars, um, which, which, <laughs> which by the way, I call a bullshit number because everybody kind of picks up and it's not, that's a lazy number. I'll, I'll, we can go, we can go into that a little bit deeper if you wish, but everyone kind of picks out the one million or the dollars or the one million pounds or the 10 million pounds or whatever it may be. And um, that means they haven't thought it through properly. So I encourage people to understand exactly what number you want and why. Actually, we had this conversation a while back, Chris, which was, um, which is what's enough. And this is the thing. People set the goals and, and I would, I like to strip the goals back on the page. We'll talk about purpose a little bit more later, but it's going back and understanding that, you know, don't pick out a number randomly or don't pick out a number just because we, just because your mates built a million dollar business, you do. I don't care if your, your, your business is a $36,000 business. If it serves you fully, you're living your purpose absolutely in the process of that and you're aligned, it's the right number. And you just got to understand what your number is, what your goal is, what your major objective is financially. And that's only one of the elements of it. Um, to to then really drive strategy from that point. But I, I don't say vision. I see as something very different to goals. Um, and on the page, we'll come on to vision a little bit later. But the vision, I really see in the, in the it is the visual expression of what you want. So a million, the million million dollar goal, I don't see as a vision. I see it as a goal. But what the visual expression of that is 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 different now that can look like a lot of different things that could be a lifestyle goal so you actually have the vision of the lifestyle or it could be a company goal you have a vision of the offices you're in at a million dollars um but i I've, i'm very 
Uh, I do vision in a slightly different way. I'm very, it's very key that that's the visual expression because it links into the sort of laws of the universe. Absolutely. I, and I think, you know, I have a little sort of vision board with things that I've stuck on uh, that I can, I have a look at sometimes and find very inspiring. But I suppose there's a point there too that um, some of this, this document, particularly for a small business, might not just relate to the business and work. It relates to things outside of work too, doesn't it? Absolutely. And that's, that's the, this is where the vision board I'm talking about is a vision board purely for business. Now, you have a personal vision board, and a lot of people are, are used to the personal vision boards, which they'll stick up a picture of their car or a picture of their house, they <laughs> want a picture of the beach holiday, the family, whatever it may be. Uh, and that's fine. I'm a huge fan of vision boards. Uh, uh, Marie Diamond, who's um, I'm very blessed to call a friend, is, is superb at doing the vision boarding with people. What I'm interested in is what's the visual expression of the business. Now, a lot of people are, are focused on the cars and, and the houses and everything else. I'm interested in what does the business look like. Um, and, and that can look in many, what the offices look like that you sit, you're sitting in. I'm sitting here, uh, I'm overlooking the Welsh Hills in my office, um, which I just happened to be in on a, on a Monday and a Friday. I have beautiful views uh, and I'm very blessed. I know you're the same. You live out in the country, Chris. So this is the visual expression of the way I want to live my life in business. Um, but understanding, you know, also a visual expression is what's the brand presence, getting awards, what are the people around you look like? It's a, and if you can get a vision board just purely for the business element of what your strategy for me is all about, it's about business strategy. It's, uh, if you can get the visual expression of that, that's incredibly powerful. And so many people are thinking about the vision boards of the personal lives that they don't create one for the business, which is crazy to me. So I'm just, we've got about three minutes till we go to commercial break. So, so just do you want to articulate then what strategy on a page is and where it came from? We've got two minutes actually. If you don't finish it, we'll, we'll start again afterwards, after the break. Strategy on a page came from a frustration with big business. Um, and I don't think they're needed. They, they are still needed in raising capital. That's the only time they are needed, although I don't think it's needed as they used to be. Because the moment you write a business plan, they're out of date. Um, I've come up with a management consultant, professional the MBA. There's just lots and lots of stuff, and you end up doing huge business plans. And I asked the listener, if you've ever had a business plan or if you've got one currently, where is it? And it's probably sitting in a drawer somewhere, and it's not being actionable. Um, so I was I was just determined to be disruptive in this industry and actually say, how simple can you get strategy and how powerful get it and, and I, it was my it was my purpose to get it on a page and it's taken a while it's taken 17 years to get it on a page. but and it's come out of experiences in the angel networks the venture capital networks because if you write a business plan or if anyone's raised money don't the main page of that document is page one executive summary that's the one everyone reads um, if you're lucky, they'll read past that but then that's an, an executive summary is a bit boring because it's just all text to get it punchy, to encompass everything from the purpose of why you exist as a company uh, through the visual act articulation of that, the value that drive the company, the USP, the long-term, medium-term, short-term strategy, and the business growth indicators that define that right down to what you need to do this month because that's where a lot of strategies are lost. It's all kind of blue-sky thinking and, and big stuff, but then it's not actually tied back to this is what you need to do now. And in my world can't action it now it's not a strategy it's a dream and uh, and that accountability all the way through to purpose is, is where the power of the page really lies great stuff well, we're going to go to a commercial break now when we get back we'll, we'll go more into detail and really start to understand what this strategy on a single page starts to look at and its key components so we'll be back again with you uh, in about a couple of minutes
comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreCheapMore.com and CC1Consulting.com, and I'm with Derry Llewellyn Davis, and we're talking about strategy on a page. Uh, Derry, I wonder if you could maybe help people understand what what actually are the components that sit on this page, and then maybe we can t- then start to talk through some of the different elements. Absolutely, and I'm sure after the show we make sure they get a visual expression of this so they'll be able to see it because it is about actually seeing it to, to, to experience it. But the main the, the page moves from the left to the right purposefully. So on the left-hand side of the page, you have we start off with purpose and vision. Uh, and purpose I get very, very punchy with. Purpose is, is why do you exist as a company? Um, what is the purpose behind the company? And there's five different elements which we can go into in a little bit, Chris, because I really want to go into that because that's really the heart of the page. Um, and the visual expression of that. So this is where the def- definitions of purpose and vision are. Purpose is the why you exist, and vision is the visual expression of that. Um, the next elements on the page is, is values. So now values to me are not some fluffy words or some fluffy components. For me, values are a sackable offense. It's, it's what our behavior, our expectation within the business of people. We recruit on values. We, everybody within the business is based on values and even the clients are selected on values. Um, I know both myself and yourself, I've had huge experiences to demonstrate how that can go wrong as well as go right. Um, and the only other elements on the left-hand side of the page, which are the four core components for me, is it's the, it's the market space that you operate in. In America, they call it the sandbox a lot. And the USP, what's the unique selling proposition that, you, that defines you and the promise that you're making to the market, the company promise. Those are the, the four. If you've got all of those foundations in place, you're clear. That is, I know why I exist. I've got an amazing purpose behind what I do. I have a clear vision and I know what my values stand for. And I also know what my whole position is in the marketplace. And then from there, you move into strategy and strategies aligned, long term, medium term and short term strategy. Now, Timings of that totally depend on you. Um, so many people are hung up on it. You have to have a three-year plan or you have to have a five-year plan. No, not at all. It has to be whatever you're comfortable with. Some people are, some people are more comfortable in certain time parameters. Um, you, you know all that from NLP, Chris. So it's, it's got to be – typically, I can look a client in the eye and say, what does long-term mean to you? 
Um, and it, you know, there's no point doing a three-year plan if you really can't see out that far. And I've got social media companies where long-term for us is six months to a year because if you can see where social media is going in more than a year's time, then please let me know because I'd love to know. Um, so and, and if you're in Japan, then the long-term may be 100 years. So it really depends. Um, but we, we define what those, those are. Short term is typically a month because we need to have a real actionable point where you can do stuff. Um, so then you have your whole strategy mapped across five areas of your business, your sales, your marketing, your operations, your finance, and your people and HR strategies. So you're not a one-trick pony, and uh, and typically any leader leading a company will be strong in one, two, or three of those areas, but weak in several others, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for where the weak areas of strategy are within the overall business. And then we have the business growth indicators. That's the numbers that actually measure where you're going and where's your success parameters, and it's not the obvious ones. Um, it is revenues and profits and stuff, but it's sometimes it's, it's ratios like PAYE to revenue, EBITDA, earnings before interest tax, depreciation, and amortization. Um, most people will be thinking, what, what's this Welsh guy talking about? Well, if you want to sell your business, that's what a lot of the valuations are based off. So if you're not measuring it, you're measuring the wrong thing. So that's the page right down to the right-hand side, which is this month. What are we doing this month? What are we holding ourselves accountable to in all areas of our business? And what are the numbers we're holding ourselves to in all areas of our business. I know you have it, voila, you have strategy on a page um, and one single page of A4. Fantastic. So let's move on then. I know one of the components that uh, you're, well, let's, you know, what to you are the key elements of strategy that are, are really important? For me, strategy starts with purpose. And I think this is where a lot of people get it wrong. I'm guessing most of the listeners listening in at the moment are, are busy. We had this conversation this morning, Chris. It's about being busy. A lot of people are busy. The question is, are you busy doing the right things? And this is where it's sometimes um, we've got to take a, take a check. We've got to take ourselves out of the picture and have a look down. Um, a lot of people, if you've been in business for a while, if you've been in business for a number of years, you might have started your business, if you're a smaller business, out of a, a kind of screw you moment where you the good old myth revisited where you've kind of left your business because you could think you can do a better job than your boss. So the purpose of you setting up your company at the time was was out of frustration. And now you've actually built a business. The question is, is what is the purpose now? Um, so whether or not you're starting up, you've got some ideas, you want to elaborate on those ideas, or indeed you're an established company, your purpose changes over time. Um, me, purpose is where it all begins. It's the why do you exist as a company? We've got one life here, or we may well come back, but I don't want to take that risk. Um, we've got one life to maximize the legacy we leave. So, and you could do any business we choose. We're in a huge opportunity, a world of opportunity where we can do anything. Technology has enabled a business in a whole different way. Choose, choose the business you do wisely to make sure you love it. Um, and that's where I come into the five components of purpose, which is I believe every business strategy should have five elements which are strong. You should absolutely love it. There should be a passion for what you do, number one. Without that, I don't. I believe the whole thing's flawed. You need to be adding service and value in what you do, huge service and value. There needs to be a market opportunity big enough to be able to capitalize on that value and service. Otherwise, it's a hobby. Um, and if you have those three foundations in place, the business needs to generate enough money this is where I put a financial element on purpose, but a lot of people don't. But if it's not generating enough money, you will fall out of love with it at some point, or it will destroy you. And it needs to learn enough money to provide the lifestyle you choose. And that comes back to what you were talking about earlier. It's more than the business. The business is there to provide the lifestyle. 
that's its purpose. But what is that lifestyle? And um, it's subtly different when you do philanthropic things because sometimes the business and the lifestyle can merge as one. Um, but if you have those five core elements of your business or your business purpose in place, then the strategy is mapped to that. And then you have a really powerful, powerful strategy aligned to the right thing. Mm. Do you have an example of a, of a company, maybe your own, in terms of how you would articulate that purpose? Absolutely. Well, if you look at how you articulate those five elements, if you, let me give you two very divergent examples of this and that people will be able to relate to. Uh, and I can certainly come back to some elements of mine is that Steve Jobs. Now, did he love what he did? Absolutely. Was he adding service and value in what he did? Well, you just look around you. I'm, I've got a Mac sitting in front of me, an iPhone to the side and an iPad on <laughs> the other side of the room. <laughs> me too. So, you know, the service and value that that guy's added to the world was phenomenal. Um, did he, was there a market opportunity big enough? Yes. Did he, uh, earn enough money? I'm, I'm guessing he did all right to live the lifestyle he chose. The guy had an amazing lifestyle. So Steve Jobs epitomizes all elements of those page. Now, how he described those elements of the page or how he actually articulated those, um, I don't know, but they were all in place. But similarly, Mother Teresa, have all elements of those pages. You know, she had a huge passion for what she did. She added service and value in Calcutta. No question about it, and around the world. Was there a market opportunity for her to do Yes. And did she earn enough money? Now, this is where I get interesting in audiences. Did she earn enough money to, to live the lifestyle she chose? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so this is why I wanted to give you those extreme examples to say, this is not about the money. Purpose is in place if you have those five components. Money's important only to the fact that it's enough. And, and, she, also, yeah. and she also possessed the ability to be able to, uh, though she didn't spend it on herself, to raise significant funds from corporations around the world to attract it in to, to fund what she wanted to fund. So she's managed to generate money, didn't she? Absolutely, and she had no shortage of money, that's for sure. Um, but it wasn't her part, you know, her purpose was not to, about her own personal wealth. This was in her legacy was to do good. So I give you those two extremes from a large corporate down to one of the greatest ladies and philanthropists we've had in this last century to show you that the page is adaptable to whatever you are on that spectrum. Um, but if you're missing one of those five components, your, your business is in trouble. And I, this, this varies. So in CEOs of larger companies, I find the lifestyle's gone. They actually want to spend time with their kids. They're not, it's a time element. Um, in some younger startups or some of the people in the personal development world trying to build businesses, sometimes all the passions there and the service elements there, they're just not earning enough money because it's, they've kind of created it more like a hobby because the market opportunity is not big enough. So it's, this is where if you've got the right elements of purpose in place and you're clear on all of those elements of your life, that means your strategy is mapped to the right thing. Otherwise, you can end up creating a business, doing loads of stuff, doing loads of great strategy, and you've actually built a business and you step back and you go, that's not, you know, I haven't got the right time. I haven't built the right lifestyle. I haven't got, um, all this isn't generating money. And that's mm. where I get 
as with the, as I, th- I was telling you this morning, Chris, it's the, I was with a client yesterday, a new client's come on board. When we looked at the numbers, I just ripped his P&Ls and his balance sheets apart for the last three years. He's doing 2% net profit. I said, well, why are you doing this? What's the point? He didn't even know that he was doing 2%. He knew he was a bit tight on cash flow, and he's a big business. So he's kind of doing it, and he, the irony, he doesn't even love his business. <laughs> so, um, so we have to see what we do with that one. Um, and that might be shut it down. I've shut down four businesses in the last year because they weren't the right businesses. Mm. That's the answer, by the way. <laughs> it's not all, not all roses. <laughs> yeah, sometimes sometimes you have to know when to walk away, I guess. Exactly right. Good. Well, we're going to go to another commercial break again in in, uh, in a moment. So, and after the commercial break, we're going to come back and explore um, a little bit that that difference between purpose and vision that we started mentioning, and uh, and also I'd like to ask Derry about why he doesn't use mission statements, and then start to just uh, look through a little bit more detail through the different elements of the A4 uh, uh, strategy sheet. So, we'll be back again in a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading Conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. What's really going on in Washington? Listen as two of Washington's most experienced insiders, Howard Marlowe and Michael Willis, divulged the strategies of the key players affecting legislation and policy matters every week on The Inner Loop. Unlike most talk shows, which feature hosts that have little to no experience working with the federal government, The Inner Loop is hosted by two professionals who actively work to influence federal policy on a daily basis. The Inner Loop is heard live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchievemore.com, host of the Achiever Program, Learning and Mastermind Groups, and also um, CC1Consulting.com. I'm with Derry Llewellyn-Davis. We're talking about strategy on a page. And Derry, I want to ask you now, we've, we talked about purpose before the break, and I'm interested in just, just finally articulating that difference between purpose and vision. I know I took you a little bit off uh, on a tangent earlier on, um, but what, what's the difference between the purpose and the vision? And uh, so historically, I was brought up to, in my kind of uh, educational business training to talk about things like mission statements. Um, why don't you use those? 
Well, you can. You, it, I'm not saying this is the, the only way. You can use a mission statement if you choose, but if, a mission statement is really one element of the page under purpose. So the mission is, is this is why I exist as a company, which is typically the service and value element of the purpose statement. So under, our, under BGI purpose, there's five elements, okay, to make sure we really covered off the reason why you exist from all possible areas, that do you love it? Do you, is the lifestyle being served? Is there enough money with it? So a mission statement's typically, this is, this is why we exist as a company and this is our service we're giving, which is good, by the way. A good mission statement, you know, the, the corporates don't spend multiple millions to get the mission statement right for no reason. And it's an important bit, but for the smaller company, uh, but understand that the corporates are guided by other principles of shareholder value and everything else, so the other elements aren't so appropriate. It's not about lifestyle <laughs> and having what's enough within a corporate. It's about driving shareholder value. So mission statements are important, but for me, it's just one element of five elements for the mid-sized company on the page. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. So, so what's the difference then between, and I ask you two questions in one there, but what's the difference between purpose and vision then? So the purpose is the purpose is why I exist. This is why I exist as a company, and there are the five elements of why I exist. And if I get all of those five elements right, I know that I'm serving fully, I am loving what I do, and I am driving my lifestyle and leaving a legacy. The vision then is the visual expression of that. So this is where we're going back using different elements of the laws of the universe, where the, it's the vision boarding kind of the, the the law of attraction and the vision board is incredibly powerful, but it's just the visual component of it. The, a vision board. Uh, sitting with a vision board in front of you, the banana up your bum, not doing anything, meditating, <laughs> that do you, in my opinion. The vision is there, but it is incredibly powerful if you get it right. So if you got, if you are really crystal clear on why you exist as a company and the five elements of purpose, you have the visual expression of that and what that really looks like. And then you're mapping it back to taking action now. That's where the potency comes and that's the power of the page. I, I see. So, so let's move let's move on to values then. So you you choose to have a, a section on values, which with uh, me growth agree are important. Um, maybe you'd like to explain from your perspective and from an organisational perspective why you should get these values right and, and probably even define what a value is. So a value, you know, there's there's multiple ways of looking at values. Um, I was very lucky. I spoke with John D. Martin recently, and he, I got him to come in and do an element of values within one of my congresses. Now, now the way he does values and the way values are done on the, in the, on the personal development circuit is not the page. That's more about what you value in life. By the way, it's a hugely important exercise, but it more sits in the lifestyle element for me. Um, what we're talking, I, I call it values because it's come out of more corporate, and a lot of people kind of get it in a corporate context. But it's more like behaviors expectations, attitudes. That's what I'm really talking about here. So how we express our values. I get to values very quickly with people, with clients. So I'm I asking the listeners to think about two questions. If you're a business leader, and why? Go there. How to fire people. And if you fired someone, that you'll have fired them based on values. They'll have crossed values. And then what you've got to look at is is very, flip that to the positive side. So if you fired someone because they're always late, um, they never turn up on time, they're lazy, <laughs> all, all those reasons why you normally get fired, then your expectation or your value expectation within the company is that we're professional around here, we're always timely, we have respect for each other and, and mutuality within the business. So it, it, the other way I get to values quickly is um, who's... Uh, uh, peeped you 
Um, I use various words on that depending on where we are internationally. But who's got on your nerves? Who's really annoyed you within business recently uh, and why? Again, it's typically across the values. And that can happen internally within the company, with amongst business partners, amongst board members, or indeed externally with your clients. And where you're getting peeved, annoyed, frustrated, is typically a clash of values. And again, understand that. Flip that to the positive, and then you have, a, have a, an expression of what your values or your behavioral expectations are within the company. Sure. Sure. And, and I guess I could think of one or two examples of companies who fired people who actually they fired, um, in some cases, their greatest assets just because they didn't like them personally. <laughs> and that's the thing that's asking about. It's not about competence. That's nothing. Because this is a, now, why do we use why why are values on the page? Because of, values on the page because if we don't get the values bit right then it's where most of the pain in the business comes from. Having talked to and worked with a lot of businesses now, a lot of businesses, the biggest issues are clouds, share equity disputes, employees, um, having to fire people or having the wrong people in the company, internal terrorists. It's all about values, values, values. And, and this is comes, if we're really clear on what our values are within the company, we recruit based on those. Most SMEs, mid-sized companies do not have a rigorous recruitment process on people coming in. The corporates do this incredibly well. You just take a look at uh, Google and Facebook and IBM, and the, you will just see them. They're all of the same mold, all of the same values, and that's why it works. And by the way, they get around. You know, they shed about ten percent of the workforce regularly because there are always some people get through those hoops aren't quite right, and then they get rid of them over a period of time. So um, it's just how do we do that in an SME or mid-sized market? And if you can just be clear on that and you recruit on that, and you, by the way, when I walk into companies, if you've got more than seven employees, you typically need to fire one. And that's as pro-rated. If you've got 20, you're probably going to have to get rid of two. Because over time, if you haven't got a clear value set, when you do get clear on that, you'll realize this, you shouldn't be there. Mm. That, 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 that might have got a few people thinking. <laughs> Usually when I'm sitting in, whenever I'm in the CEO forum, um, and we're talking to CEOs on this, the nod's going on in the room, and then I'm, I'm, I'm actually probably responsible for, for more firings than most people, because you go back, and this is not a bad by the way, it's not a, a nasty thing. Oh, I've got to go back and fire people. That that person about to fire clearly isn't happy with the company. If they're there and they they're not doing the they're, they're clashing with the values of everyone else, they're not getting on. There's disruption. There's frustration. There's anger. Then that's not good for anybody. Uh, and if that employee then then go into a different company, it's not that they're a bad person. It's not that their value set just doesn't fit in the world. It just means it doesn't fit with that company. And if they go out and then that same employee going and working for a different company with a different value set will get on brilliantly. But we've got to understand what that value set is. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and I've seen that on a number of occasions, those things that I've been involved in and, and done. Um, when people have said something and indicated their values in an open forum, and, uh, and then we've come back and they've, been, they've gone. <laughs> and uh, and because, they've, you know, because they didn't fit in with, with the values of the company. And you and I both uh, can relate to some of this coming from the Mars organization where we both had a background. I mean, that, that company was very good at, uh, I guess, recruiting people to its values and then letting people go who didn't. Well, there's, no, there's a reason why me and you were nearly brothers in our, in our approach because well, the fact that we both got through the Mars selection process means that we have both have a similar set of values and that's why we get on so well. And Mars was exceptional. This is where I learned it the first time, Chris, was in, in Mars. I think Mars are amazing at doing that right. But even there, when you get in, because they're a bit extreme in their values, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
as you well know, um, for good and bad, but some people get on with it, some people don't. But it, they do it so well that even there, there's a shed because once you're in, if you don't really align perfectly with those values, then you know you will work yourself out over a period of time. But they're very clear on that as well, which is good. In a mid-sized company or a smaller company with a team of 10 people, 20 people, whatever it may be, those, those bad apples will just sit there lingering and just cause problems. Um, and uh, a lot of leaders, the, is the biggest... The biggest fear facing a lot of leaders is that disruption and that having to go and fire someone. No one likes doing it. It's not, not, I've done it many, many times. I don't like doing it. It's not a nice thing, but absolutely necessary. Me too. It's not, uh, not a good thing to sometimes have on your, on your, on your conscious having to, having to do that. But usually it's the, usually if it's done in the right way, it's the best thing for, Everybody. I mean, I remember going, but I don't know what your Mars uh, interview process was like, but I remember mine. There were so many different steps and stages in the process that by the time they eventually offered me a job, I, I'd almost would have accepted anything to join. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the process kind of wore you down to that sort of extent, and then you were so uh, alive, delighted to get through it at the end. Absolutely. They, give, they can give you anything. You'd be working in the factory at the end of it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll do anything. Um, Brilliant. So let's um, now have a look at, we've talked about values and, and this whole kind of area about uh, company promise, market space, USP, before we talk about strategy. I'm probably going to knock the next commercial breakout, by the way, to, to enable us to talk about that. Do you want to just say a little bit about that area? Yeah, this, is, this area is just about position. Now, if you're really clear on why you exist and you're really clear on the visual expression of that and the values for, and what you stand for going into business, you're now armoured fully to, to really map the strategy and have the strategy powerful. Um, the other element around those three, which we haven't got time to go into today, is exit, by the way. Everybody out there should have an exit strategy. You should know what that looks like. You, cause in, and if you don't, by the way, you will exit your company. Um, it's just a question of whether you do that in a, in a box or not. Um, uh, most small companies do not ha- allow that um, the exit strategy to, to flow. So you start thinking about what exit looks like for you. It might not be a sell. It might be that you want to exit yourself or actually if you do go under a bus tomorrow that you have actually have a succession plan so your business continues without you. Otherwise, you leave a huge problem for people. Now, if you've got those three elements in place, market, the unique selling proposition is what makes you different in the marketplace. Market space is what market space do you really operate on? And that defines your page, by the way. And uh, the company promises, what's the promise we make to our customers? So it's not rocket science, but those three elements need quite a bit of thought to get them right. And the market space is the bit that defines your page. Now, actually, most people out there will probably have multiple pages. Um, we had this discussion earlier, Chris, and um, I've got a, I've got five, I have five pages just within the BGI group. Um, and you, I know you were having a, you've already got two already, and you've only been in it for a week. So, speaking, for instance, will be an own its own page because the market space you operate as speaker, and you know, um, we're both on the Professional Speakers Association, and the market space you operate there, Chris, you know, you know when you go out speaking gigs and the strategy to do all the speaking is totally different to your consulting business. And it's, again, it's totally different to the radio business. So you might have multiple pages and that market space box helps define that. Is this a different page? And it stops entrepreneurs going off chasing shiny pennies and doing new things. I'm fine. You're doing a new thing, but think it through properly and decide if it's a different page or not. I think that's really sensible. And, Certainly looking at your work, it was very helpful to me to think, and I think I, I identified sort of five areas with the, the radio show, the might be more achievable, my achiever program area, uh, my speaking, 
product development uh, and um, speaking. So there's, I had five um, myself. And then I think you also made a point when we had a conversation that like maybe you might want one for marketing as a separate sheet too. So, this, But what is really good about this is actually some of those things that maybe you just do a small element of um, – it gives an opportunity to really think through them in a, a considered way and decide around the priorities of, of where you choose to put your focus. And I guess also in some areas, the resource that you need to, if, you, if you're serious about also taking those forward too. Absolutely. And this is the, I think a lot of people are in overwhelm on their business. I hear that word a lot. Oh, dare I feel really overwhelmed today. Um, and that's because you're operating five businesses in one on them and you're running in a hamster wheel wondering what to do next and what's the priority whereas if you're able to map those out now you've got clearly five pages that's a lot you know that's why you're busy uh and it's then okay well what's the what's the five important things i need to do on that this month and then the next and by the way it's not all your actions this is where you start delegating out a lot more as well but if you have that clarity and, and you might decide to to park a page for a while you know the licensing page for us within bgi i've just parked to the end of quarter two because when i reviewed all the pages one of the pages had to go because enough time in the day so it allows you to prioritize it allows you to really focus and define and decide which is which businesses or which business units are going to get the attention this month and why and also more importantly how you measure that because um people look at their overall revenues whereas if you look at your revenues for each of the businesses and actually start measuring each of those different businesses you you'll get some surprises and business there's one there's one star or one shining star one cash cow one dog and sometimes it helps cull divisions sure is so is there is there a set format around the sort of strategy components? Uh, you talked about the different elements within values and with the customer promise, et cetera. So looking at um, long-term, medium-term, short-term strategy, what, what sits beneath that? So strategy, and this is the, the when we kind of started the show and you, we were saying define strategy, which is the result. The major results based around, okay, we've got the major results purpose, the major results vision, but the major results all cut. So what are the major results in all areas of your business in the long term? This is the big, this is the long term strategy. It could be a three or five year strategy. And strategy needs to cover all areas of the business. So what's your, there's a sales element, a marketing, operations, finance, and people stroke HR. If you are, um, now that's relevant whether you're a one man band or not. It's just, the the people the people HR element of a smaller company will be more around what you outsource. So you still there's still have a people element. You have a resource element. It's just a question of whether it's internal or not. And those are the five. You've got to look at all five of those. Now some of those will be more important than others. So some businesses marketing may not be so relevant, or sales might not be so relevant. Some will be. So and sometimes we drop one of those components. They're not always doesn't work out perfectly. But really, most businesses have all of those components and typically you'll be focusing on one of them i if you're coming from a sales and marketing background guess what you'll be focused on the sales and marketing aspects of your business you're not looking at your number you've got no business growth indicators you're not tracking anything or measuring anything your whole financial part's going to be pretty rubbish usually and operationally you're probably not systemized you haven't got the operational systems to scale etc cetera, etc cetera. mind you if you come from then the the financy operations background you'd be brilliant at creating stuff and and productizing and doing all other stuff but you might be rubbish at selling it so this is you need all of 
to be a balanced business, you need all of those. In the, in the, this is in the group page. This is what I call the overarching page. This is the page that hangs you all together. So the Chris Cooper page is multifunctional. And actually what you have then is one page which holds it all together. And then you'll have the divisional pages below that. And the strategy on a page cascades. Uh, the, the book and the app and everything else is starting at the high level, but you know the bigger businesses I work in, uh, imagine you have the overarching page which has their different components. Then below that, you might have divisional pages. With yourself, Chris, I know you would have a marketing page that hangs, because marketing kind of encompasses all of your business units. So marketing, and also you want to measure marketing. So within the business growth indicators, they're now KPIs, not BGIs. So the key performance indicators, how do you measure your social media impact? How do you measure your PR impact, your offline marketing, whatever it may be? It's the measurement of marketing and the ROI on marketing, which can be measured. Um, and then when, as you grow and scale, um, in the big companies I work with, we've got every individual, certainly every individual manager having their own page. means then you have this beautiful where everybody's totally aligned from individual through division to the ultimate purpose of the company. And and that's where Generation X and Y coming through now. They don't want to just sit there and not know why their company exists. They want to be part of something special. They want to believe that why they're, what they're doing has a purpose and a meaning behind it. And strategy on a page enables and aligns people to exist. I think what you say there is, to me, very sensible. And, and with my kind of corporate background, the thing we would do is we would have appraisals. So we'd have annual appraisals, usually mid term appraisals as well um, so I guess that's an opportunity there to develop this page for that appraisal and have something to review and also typically if you're you know a manager with your boss you know a sensible sort of period to have a, a review is a monthly review isn't it so I guess you define your short-term actions and uh, your sh- against your short-term and your short-term growth indicators on a monthly basis is that Absolutely right. And it runs from the, so as soon as we're clear on what the company makes growth indicators, the big numbers and the bit, and what's the core strategy for the month within the business and what needs to be executed, you just filter that down. It cascades down. So if every individual or every individual manager within the company is clear on this month, here are the five core important things you need to do this month. And here are the numbers we're tracking against that. So you're measured against it. It, it allows people to have that focus. It gives the focus, the prioritization, the clarity, and also the alignment. So everybody's working to the major of the business. Everyone's aligned to the major result. Everyone's aligned to the purpose month in, month out. And here's where it gets interesting is we allow um, equity releases based off the page. We have people there. So if you're going to be releasing equity to people, if they deliver on what they say they're going to deliver, they get released equity. Bonuses are based off the page because it, it, it's very trackable because the way the app works is that you say these are the five things I'm going to do this month and here are the eight indicators I'm measuring against then at the end of the month you check in did you do them or not simple it's color coded and, and tracked and, 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 and made historic and then you go on well what am I doing next month so what you end up having with the page is a full history of the year month by month of what you said you were going to do and whether you did it or not what number you're going to do whether you did it or not to be powerful um, to one to be able to get the people who want to deliver it uh, to be able to define strategy and um, I've saved businesses based off that and heartbeat because you can see problems coming before they actually occur I think what something that just has just come to me and I know I've had this experience myself of employing people from time to time who I find have been you know, quite happy just to take a paycheck or some money 
what uh, what they haven't necessarily done is uh, delivered on what I've asked them to do, uh, you know, taken the actions forward and really made things happen. Uh, and I think what this does is you know, it is important that when we're taking on people to do things for us that they actually are delivering value back and we're generating a return on investment on their time. Um, this is a methodology to enable us to do it, I think. And it also, you know, Who's happy there? You're giving them money, so it's just a matter of time until you get more and more frustrated to the point where you totally break and end up firing them. They're sitting there not really delivering any value to anybody. Um, they may be happy getting money, but that doesn't give anybody fulfillment. So when in a situation, the page just holds you accountable. The page just enables you to do what you say you're going to do. And certainly within, within mid-sized companies, small and mid, in the big corporates, you can afford to have 10% of your workforce being, you know, average and not really do much because you can, because they're multi-billion dollar companies. In a small company, we cannot afford that. In any mid-sized small company, you can't, one person, you know, but in some instances, 100% productivity or 50% business. So not to have everyone absolutely aligned performing. And by the way, it's about, it's back to values. You know, I only work with people around me who are exceptional, uh, who love what they do, and that's why we've got such a buzz and an energy around what we're doing at BG. And everybody, but everyone wants to be there. Everyone's passionate about what they do because life's too short. Why would you want to have people around you that are half-assed and don't really want to, <laughs> are not really interested in the first place? And, Absolutely. And I think, I think there's also a bit of res- a responsibility on the person who's employing to be very clear about what it is they want someone to deliver as well and making that very clear from the outset. And I think this process helps. I've only got a, I only believe it or not got another couple of minutes. So I just want to ask you before I start to wrap up the show, and do you want to just articulate the business growth indicators and how you set those? Yeah, this is key. So once you're clear on your strategy and you've mapped your strategy in the five core areas of the strategy across the short-term, medium-term, and the long-term, the trick is how do you measure that? You must measure what you're saying you're going to do, and this is put the numbers against it. Now, the obvious ones are revenue and profit and uh, and the usual uh, suspects on that front. But in business, I'll give you a couple of throwaway ones. Pipeline. So what's the business, what's the future business look like right now? Because uh, if you haven't got a pipeline, I promise you're going to have a problem coming. So looking at the future, business growth indicators reflect what's happened, what's happening, and what's going to happen. So looking at the future of the business, looking at what your ratio of what your staff costs to revenue are, because that indicates whether or not you should be recruiting or not or actually sweating the assets at the moment. Um, there's, so it's just the numbers that mean something in your business. If you're in an operations business, it's going to be about capacity. If you're in um, a logistics business, it's going to be about transport. It's, you've got to just... Every business I work with has a different set of business growth indicators, which absolutely reflect. You need to look at those eight numbers and go, if those eight numbers are all trending in the right way, I've got business. And that also, by the way, enables you to exit your business because you're able to step away from your business, tracking the business growth indicators and strategy um, and having total clarity when you step away. If you don't want to sell and you just want to sort of step up to chairman level, you have total clarity on the numbers and the strategy of business for somebody else to deliver it. Fantastic. And we've just uh, got another sort of minute or so, Derry, before I kind of summarise. I mean, what are the key messages that you really want to leave people with? I just say strategy doesn't have to be difficult. Um, we've proved it with strategy. It doesn't mean it's easy. It means it's 
Uh, the trick with getting strategy on a page is you have to think, and it also takes a little bit of time. You need to, it's not about doing it in a day and nailing it. It needs to absorb through your system over a period, and you need to, and it ebbs and flows. Strategy changes, strategy's dynamic. That's why I don't uh, advocate business plans, because the moment you write it, it's out of date. Um, but I would say I'd go back to my point to, to, to sort of leave off where I started, which is strategy needs to be driven from purpose. It needs to be driven from an absolute passion of what you do and a service and value in what you do. And if you, if you then align that and you're clear on that, strategy flows from that point. Fantastic. Derry, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It's time Fun. I've loved it. Good, good stuff. So if you want to find out more about Derry, Llewellyn Davis, go to uh, www.bgistrategy.com. Is that correct, Derry? Yep. yep, good. So um, if you go to bgistrategy.com and you can find out more. I know Derry's book around strategy on a page is due to be published soon. Um, when that comes out, I'd recommend you get a copy because it is, um, it is excellent. It really is. So if you're looking at your strategy, that could be a very helpful solution to get it right. And if you have any questions or feedback, um, please send them to me at chris at bemoreachievemore.com or leave them on my Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash bemoreachievemore. Uh, feel free to connect with me on any of those um, those methodologies. Um, for 2013, a big thing for me is I'm going to grow my Achiever Program group, which is a, a, a learning and accountability uh, group um, which uh, and a mastermind, which has very successfully run for a couple of years. I'm going to grow that uh, this next year. So if you're interested in finding out more about that and how you could be part of that, then please do get into with Chris at BeMoreAchieveMore.com. On next week's show, um, if you've got um, to organize any events, conferences, and want to understand how to do it really, really well, I've got an absolute top expert in Paul Cook, who is um, a, a real excellent advisor on um, the, in the conference and events industry. So he's going to talk through the key principles of putting on exceptional events because our reputation can be uh, made or they can be broken at these big, um, big, big activities and events. So whatever size your event, listen in because we'll share the key elements that you need to be thinking about in uh, 2013, 2012-13 to get, make those uh, really work. Demi Llewellyn-Davis, thanks again. Thank you. And, and we hope to have you on, back on the show again um, fairly soon. Look forward to it. We thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.